trading business cards, going up and talking to the booths of social impact partners, Last Prisoner Project and Minorities for Medical Marijuana. I've liked science and I've liked tech. And, you know, even in, in the army, you know, we got new tech. It was kind of cool and you got to play with it and try it out. Innovation in tech today. So we've been doing a tech magazine for five years. Welcome to another amazing episode of Weed Buds Radio. I am your host, Rye, and I am in our virtual studio with the one and only Charles Warner. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Charles. You've got so much going on, and I wanted to get you on Weed Buds Radio so we could talk about some of the amazing projects you're working on, but also we've got a special event that we're going to be promoting today. Yes, we are getting ready for what's going to be, I would like to think, one of the coolest virtual events that's going to really raise the bar, um, you know, for virtual events that I think are are going to be a part of our lives, you know, for for at least the the foreseeable future. Uh, and if we're going to have virtual events, they might as well be awesome. So that, that's what we're trying to do is raise the bar on these virtual events. And I think we've got something real special for everyone. Well, and tell us a little bit about some of the unique features, because when Andre had reached out to me about participating in this event, of course, I saw the website and I saw just the amazing interactions that you could have, the sponsorship venue. Tell us a little bit about this almost virtual world that we'll be entering. Yeah, it's it's almost it's almost like I feel like I don't do it justice when I'm explaining it, you know, because you kind of have to see it. But picture, if you will, for everybody that's listening right now or watching, picture, if you will, like a virtual world that you go into and it's like stunning as you come in. So you're like coming in from the air, you land on the front and it's this beautiful uh, convention center and expo hall that is surrounded by tropical paradise up on this platform and you walk in and you're immersed in 3D with your customized avatar walking around like in a video game. That's how people are gonna interact at this event. And it's going to create, um, we think, a more engaging experience because instead of just it being kind of flat and, you know, like sort of like just zooms and, you know, clicking, you're walking around with your character networking and playing like a game. When I saw this, it took me back and for those listening, I never played this. I was just a little too young, yeah. but I remember all of the, you know, the, the freshman, sophomore in high school while I was in like eighth grade playing The Sims. It reminded me of that. Yeah, it, it, I mean, seriously, I, I, I never played Sims, but I know exactly. And in fact, when I'm trying to find a uh, like a GIF or something like that, you know, to, uh, to to be funny and playful with this thing, I go Sims because the avatars kind of look like these and people get it. You know, you create your character and you go in and pretty much um, you're encouraged to just start doing stuff in there, networking, trading business cards, going up and talking to the booths. You know, you can uh, um, you can actually like, there's a little talk feature and you can click on somebody else's avatar and you can talk when your microphone's turned on and they'll hear it on their computer. So you can be like, hey, what's up? And they'll hear it and then their avatar can turn and look, you know, so they've built some really cool stuff in here to make it, um, I think the gamification and the immersion will make people stay a little longer. 
uh, you know, at a virtual event, because let's be honest, you know, there's a lot of distractions. When you're at a virtual event, you're still at your house. You know, you've probably got maybe kids, uh, pets and wives, you know what I mean? Like things happening around you, life is happening around you. Um, but if you've seen before, when someone's playing a video game, they can ignore all that other stuff and be in it. So we think, uh, and what, we, what we've heard from this platform is that it truly creates an experience where afterwards people are like, that was cool. That was cool. I kind of want to do something like that again. And that, that's what we're hoping, you know, to get out of this. That's amazing. And I know that this might be a, a new venture, if you will, for you. However, you're not new to this space and this arena and innovation. And so tell me a little bit, because how does a U.S. Army man become involved and ingrained in a cannabis community? You know, it's it's weird. Uh, it, it's kind of like I never even planned it this way, but I never even planned to get into magazines, you know, so it just sort of it just kind of happened. And um, I've always just I've liked science and I've liked tech. And, you know, even in, in the army, you know, we got new tech. It was kind of cool and you got to play with it and try it out. Um, and we just realized a couple years ago that the cannabis industry, because I'm in Denver, um, and it's all around us. And, you know, I'm a part owner in a, in a company called STM Canna. Um, they do manufacturing. And we just realized, like, man, there's a lot of tech and science here. Um, maybe we should we should focus on that with magazine, podcast. And so it just kind of, you know, was a natural progression in things because we had a, a magazine. I know you can see over the my shoulder there, um, Innovation in Tech Today. So we've been doing a tech magazine for five years. We just spun off the cannabis direction two years ago and people have really dug it. I mean, I get we get phone calls every day. People are like, hey man, when's my magazine getting here? I love it, I love your magazine. And it feels really good to actually contribute something you know, to the space in that way. Absolutely. And I know that you have an amazing podcast. And that's one of the ways that I first started to follow you personally was I was a fan of the show. And uh, then we got connected. And it's an honor to have you here now. So tell me a little bit about what I know you've got the media mind, but what really kind of said, okay, I'm going to get into podcasting, I'm going to get into print media. And, you know, as all of us entrepreneurs do, I think we kind of just our mind gets scaled whether we know it or not and here we are with a virtual cannabis conference but i'd love to learn more about about your show and some of the media side yeah uh thanks and i, I appreciate the kind words um you know we're just we're just in the the business of trying to solve problems you know how can we um, how can we inspire? How can we inform? How can we destigmatize? You know, what's a good way of doing that? Driving the industry forward, helping the people within, you know, people outside looking so they go, wow, this isn't so scary. This isn't crazy. This cannabis stuff is, is cool. Um, and we just realized that, you know, good storytelling in a magazine, long form, short form, um, you know, on a website, uh, on a podcast, that's how people like to consume stuff. And it, we figured if we can, you know, ha and we've got a great team, writers, uh, you know, uh, videographers, creative people, all that stuff. We figured if we could put out really good content 
how people want to consume it, then it would, it would kind of catch on. And then we were like, maybe we'll make some money along the way. So that was kind of, that was kind of how we got into it. It was sort of like, uh, you know, ready, fire, aim, that kind of thing. Like we just knew like, this is something that we were going to do. And, uh, the, the magazine was really well received. And, and again, it, it's just cause I, I've got a great team around me. You know, when you work with good people and they put out good quality stuff, I think people can tell they pick up the magazine they can tell when they you know flip through it or you know they listen to the podcast they can tell that oh these guys have good guests these guys are asking good questions these guys are you know trying to do something um to move the industry forward especially where it relates to tech and business and such but the events was a different thing because we've never put on an event but we've attended about 10,000 of them you know over the past five years like events are a huge part of our magazine's distribution so we've attended them you know I've, I've, I've been a speaker you know moderator you know just done everything there we've had our magazines distributed there going to events is part of our job right if you're in the media and you're in the space you've got to go there then all of a sudden events went away so what do we do you know, like we were all sitting here, like, what do we do? And we realized that maybe there was a chance we could do something. I don't know that we could do something to raise the game for virtual events. That's where, you know, Andre and myself and the rest of our team started talking. We talked to other magazine publishers, other, you know, event people. And we just kind of put our heads together. We had a lot of time on our hands and we said, how can we make a really kick-ass event? And it, and it came down to three things. It was like, you got to have great content. Um, you got to pack the house. You've got to have lots of people that are engaged and you've got to have a platform that they will really, um, you know, that they'll, they'll really get something out of. And by getting something out of it, I mean the attendees and the exhibitors. Because if the exhibitors aren't happy and the attendees aren't happy, I don't know what kind of event you had, but it doesn't sound like you'll be having another one. So we wanted to uh, we wanted to get a platform that we thought was going to blow everybody away, and that's where we settled on this hyperfair. And um, yeah, it, it just because, like I was saying, the avatars, the the virtual reality, you can wear your virtual reality stuff in this. You can use Google Cardboard. I believe the Oculus uh, connects with it, but. For those listening that don't have it, don't worry. It's browser-based. You can log in from your computer. You don't have to have any crazy accessories. Um, but I think it's going to be really cool. And I think that one of the other things that's really nice is this platform will be open for 90 days for business. So even after the event kicks off and, the, and you know everything is all done and stuff like that, everybody can have private events there. We're going to have product launches. We're going to have really cool things happening in this space because right now it's hard for people to get together to do that stuff. That's amazing because it is. Most conferences are such a whirlwind and you know, you've attended many. It's you get there and you might have kind of a contact list of I want to meet them and I want to meet them and you can never get to everybody. And then oh. you've got the list of people that want to connect with you and you have to respect that list as well. And so I find myself it's almost a sprint. I think of, you know, uh, one of the last conferences in Vegas last year. Yeah. Got through half of the people that I wanted to meet to there. I was exhausted come the last day. And then you're worried about navigating, getting home and travel, and then business cards can get lost. I love this concept of not just 
making it available, but inviting that community to stick around because yeah. there is so much business that we probably won't be able to get to in the three days and we're going to need to keep talking. I remember, I remember, MJ, I remember that event you're talking about, and I remember wearing a suit jacket and having like my bag and everything like that and having to go from one appointment here to like another appointment at the Westgate. So I had to like, you know, because those big lines, the cabs were crazy, the Ubers were crazy, I'll just walk it. Well, that's yeah. a long walk. And it I was. was like sweating and I had to go all the way over there and I get there and it ended up like, it was for like nothing. And then I had to come all the way back and there was like an hour of my life that I was just like, I, I was like in an Olympic event, you know, like I was just walking and your feet hurt. And again, I love in-person events. I love concerts. I love sporting events, I, comedy. I, I, I hope that in-person events come back as soon as possible. But I think that in the future, there will always be some element of, of what we're finding here, you know, that works in virtual events. And a lot of those times that's meetings, a lot of those times, look at when you want to go and see a booth at the show and you walk up there, you walk all the way across the floor through the crowds, everything like that, you know, all the samples and you get there and the person you want isn't there. Or there's a big ass line and you can't even get up there. And when you do, they're kind of like, they're tired, it's the end of the day, not ideal. In this platform, you know, you can go exchange the business card. There's all kinds of data and analytics for the exhibitors. So there's no like missed opportunities for business. So in some ways, I think that this is kind of like going to make in-person events better. And I think that it's going to also make the experience as far as being able to get business done and network uh, possible even for people that might not want to travel. Well, and taking that a step further, accessibility. So mm -hmm. much of our community does have physical restrictions. And now you tack on a global pandemic and you add on other vulnerabilities that people may have. I love this concept because you're right, even when we do go back to an in-person venue, I think it's going to be important to have that component because people that might not be able to travel or physically be able to do the Olympic marathon of some of right. those conferences. I'll tell you, waiting for the Uber is an Olympic event as oh. well, because it's just the direct sunlight, everybody's on top of each other. And I bet you still got to your destination before I got into an Uber. Yeah, so. how, about, how about at the end of the show, when everybody's tired, exhausted, you and your team, you've like run up and down the floor, you've done all this, you've gotta be on point, you've gotta be mentally sharp, you know what I mean? Whatever your business is, you've gotta be frosty. And then at the very end of the show, you guys got all your stuff, you know, there's the after parties, you're like, let's go back, let's drop our stuff off, whatever. And then it's like the Hunger Games to get a bus or a cab. And next thing you know, you're like, we'll just walk there. You know, like it is seriously uh, not fun. And so, yeah, I think that I think that what we're going to find is that in-person events are always going to be a part of our, especially in cannabis, man. Like it's a social industry. It's a social plant. It, you know, connection is super, super important. We never want to take the connection away. We're just trying to make it so people can connect now during a pandemic and then we'll sort it out after this thing's over, you know, how real live events happen. 
And you you touched on the collaboration. I know it took collaboration for this event, and I'd love to kind of hear about some of those partners. But one thing that I have found since I I got into the cannabis industry about two and a half years ago, so I was a little late to the game, and a medical patient just a little bit prior to that. And what I have found is there's so much collaboration, but empathy, love, passion in this space. And there's so much giving. And I noticed that as for us speakers, there's an opportunity to promote the tickets, of course, promote the event. But there is a benefit component to this as well, that tickets purchased from that are going to benefit a special organization. Yeah, man, you teed that up perfectly. Um, so we, we we decided when we were going to do this, we didn't want to just do this for us. We we didn't want to just do it for the people attending. We also said, let's, let's have a theme for this conference and have a couple of social impact partners that we could benefit. So we just approached them hat in hand and we said, hey, we want to we do this. We approached uh, Last Prisoner Project and Minorities for Medical Marijuana. Um, they were super excited. They really loved the concept. You know, everybody likes, everybody kind of likes tech and science, you know, so we were, we were halfway there with that. Uh, and, and so basically what we're gonna do is every ticket that's purchased, uh, we'll donate a dollar to each of them. And we've got, uh, we've got you can get a 90 day pass for 10 bucks. So it's totally affordable for the price of lunch. You know what I mean? You have 90 days, there's a job fair, there's you know uh, a ton of sessions, great content, networking, you know, all the exhibitors. And we even have like a $25 uh, one that comes with a one year subscription to cannabis and tech, a print, which, which is a $40 value. So by the time you get that, you get the swag bag that you're getting with like 40 different uh, coupons and downloadables, you know, you're going to get a heck of a return on your investment and you can feel really good about it because not only are we donating for every ticket to these organizations, but at checkout, um, we're using event high and they made it very easy for people to also add a buck, you know, on checkout if they want to and donate it to either Last Prisoner Project or Minorities for Medical Marijuana. So we figured, hey man, we can throw this party and raise some money for some really good causes. It kind of made it a no brainer. That's amazing. At the end of the day, it's all about community. We're building community in this event. We've got an amazing community of this industry supporting us. And I'm just always so, I don't want to say in awe because at this point it doesn't, I love that it doesn't surprise me that cannabis entrepreneurs are taking a stand for things that they believe in and sharing love with nonprofit organizations in this industry. It's amazing. I, and also I think resourceful, like, I mean, think about people in the cannabis industry. They have had to be resourceful and jump through hoops and, you know, from when the industry was underground to above ground, you know, constantly the taxes, the regulations, the, you know, all the extra stuff they've had to do. Let's be honest, people in the cannabis industry are resourceful as hell. So, you know, to see the industry come together like this, to see us sort of embracing, you know, technology, trying some new things things and stuff. I agree with you. It's it's one of the coolest parts about being in this industry is the fact that there's a lot of smart people and they're not afraid to, to, to roll the dice and try some new things because that's what's kept this industry going for so long is really that being able to pivot, you know, and, and kind of kind of roll with the punches as it goes. And that resourcefulness is definitely uh, evident in, in all these cool companies you see here. Well, 
the word I think of is grit. This industry has had to battle through everything to even get to where it is. And everything. So, yeah. And we have so much more to go through, I think, yeah. as but we're we're it's that snowball at top of the mountain. And it's you know collecting collecting more snow. The community's growing. The power's growing. And through things like this, I, you can really see that when somebody is willing to amplify the voices of others, I think that's when you know that that you're onto something. You know, just like here we are today. You know, two different podcast hosts, but we celebrate one the industry and we celebrate the craft, which is yeah. which is podcasting. You know, and it's funny that you mentioned that, too, because, you know, we reached out to a lot of people and we're like, hey, can you, you know, give us a little shout out on social. We've reached out to other events. We've reached out to other magazines and, you know, PR agencies, websites, whatever. Right. We give them shout outs all the time. We do that stuff on on Cannabis and Tech today. We reached out to them and, and one one person. Uh, they shall remain unnamed. They were like, yeah, uh, why would we like be promoting your event when your competition? And it was so out of character for the industry. It was so surprising that we kind of looked at that and we were like, hmm, hmm. it's interesting, but it but it says something great about the industry that it's so rare. You know, it's so rare that somebody within this industry kind of has that, you know, like it's us against them, where I think most people in this industry are like, hey, we're kind of all in this. We can all get our beak wet. You know, we're all trying to drive this thing forward. And so, you're right. It's a cool group of people. It's very collaborative. They're resourceful as heck, and uh, I think we're fortunate to be to be in this uh, in this industry at this time. Well, and I feel fortunate to be asked to be a part of it, to participate in it, to promote it. So, Charles, before we go, where can the audience here at Weed Buds go to buy their tickets? Yes, great question. I love it. Shameless plug. Uh, go to emergecana.com. Just click on that little ticket button, and then when you go there, you will see uh, you can get the $10 ticket or the $25 ticket if you're feeling like a baller. Get the magazine, too. It's great. And uh, and make sure you use that uh, extra little you know, uh, donate button at the end there. But yeah, EmergeCanna.com will get you there. You can probably even just Google, you know, Emerge uh, Cannabis Tickets. But um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a ton of fun. Bring a friend, you'll create your avatar, you go in, you're going to be blown away. And then after a while, you're going to be walking around, networking, cruising. It's it's going to be really cool. Uh, and then you know what? In December, we'll have another emerge, and uh, you guys will already be veterans, and you'll be used to it. And uh, I think it's going to be—I think it's going to be pretty awesome. EmergeCanada.com. Go get your tickets. Thank you so much for having me, man. It's a pleasure. What an incredible event! I love the future. I love all these new, uh, sophisticated ways of meeting people online. It's really cool. I'm really excited for the event and I'm even more excited to catch your event, Rye. I know that you're going to be speaking and I'm excited to hear more about all the information you've been picking up along the way. Well, Matt, you need to head over and get your tickets right now because, you know, I'm not one to gloat, but I'm pretty sure we're going to sell out just because of the session that I'm holding 
with Kat Packer. She's the executive director for the city of Los Angeles's Department of Cannabis Regulation. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to talk about licensing. We're going to talk about some of the challenges that she has seen in that incredible market that they have in Southern California. And it's definitely going to be something that you want to check out. So our session. You want to be there all week long, but our session is going to be Thursday, September 10th. If you're on the West Coast, it'll start at 1.15, and if you're over here with us on the East Coast, it'll start at 4.15 p.m. So head over to EmergeCanna.com and get your tickets now. And if you enjoyed this episode of Weed Buds, please be sure to heart, share, and retweet this. We really do appreciate you sharing this with your mom, your grandma. You know, the cannabis for the older folks is really a big hit. 100%, Matthew. And until next time, puff. Puff. Peace. Peace.